Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. a.m. local time out there. You guys are absolute beasts for joining us, and we are going to start the show the same way we start it most weeks here on The Sweat. Let's do it. Warm-up bet. So, Bukes, I want you to kick us off. I want you to kick us off with something that, you know, you got your eye on here. It could be for the big game. could be for another sport. Just help the people out who are up and early and dialed into The Sweat right now. You know what? I, I'm not going to give an actual bet here, but I think okay. I want to bring up a topic that we should discuss because it was heavily discussed on our show. That was the comeback player of the uh, year. Oh, man. So for oh. all of us here on the show, but just a, a shocking result, like a really shocking result. When I think about this, like I went back and I was looking at what the odds were. And like, even as like late as, you know, late December, like Hamlin was in like the minus 650, minus 700 range when Flacco was starting to close in a little bit. But, you know, closing in, he was still about 10 to one at that time. But I think the most frustrating part is and this was, you know, pretty uh, abundant on Twitter and stuff is that, you know, Hamlin had the most first place votes. But, you know, Flacco was still over to be able to overtake that 13 first place votes, 26 Second place votes, eight third place votes, while Hamlin had 21, seven and 14 respectively. But uh, this was a shocker. And like, you know, I definitely was wrong about this market here because, I mean, I've said it multiple times. If you're putting money down on Aaron Rodgers or DeMar Hamlin to win comeback player of the year, you're basically going to have a win at this point. That did not happen here. But. It's great. What's crazy to me is that, you know, obviously from the circumstances, from what happened to Hamlin and then for him to start playing, whereas, you know, we had Joe Flacco come in, you know, played five games, did bring the Browns to the playoffs with all the injuries that they had. But it's crazy to me that Hamlin ended up losing this award, especially with how big of a favorite he was so late. Obviously, Flacco closed that gap very, very late, but it was a shocking result. And watching it here, we were in the same uh, hotel as that award ceremony was going on, and there was an audible crowd when Flacco was <laughs> announced as the winner. Like, people, there was just a big market that people were on. But just to bring up how shocking I think that was that that turned out those results. 
There, there was a very audible groan from my couch. Um, I was that shared, you? Was that you? Yeah, they might have heard me from okay. Vegas. It might have not even been the hotel. Um, I shared Steve's opinion here, obviously. Um, the, my view, I guess, of the comeback player of the year, and again, the new voting system that was installed two years ago, Hamlin would have won with mm-hmm. the way it used to be voted on. Hamlin had 21 first place votes, eight more than Flacco, and Flacco cleaned up on the second place vote. So that tells me a lot of people said, Flacco, cool story, put him second, Hamlin first. But yeah. Ham- the people that interpreted it as how well you played left, there were seven or eight people that left Hamlin off the mm-hmm. ballot completely. And those points, the 11 points I think it was that he lost by, those people that left him off the ballot and just voted on players based on how they played on the field made the difference. So there was some interpretation there that we missed out on. Flacco got 26 second place votes and that's why he ultimately won. My view of the award changes a little bit. It more becomes like the most recent feel good story kind of in the NFL because overtaking what happened to Hamlin, recency bias, yeah, overtaking what happened to Hamlin seemed, um, you know, unimaginable in my mind because again, if you're betting Hamlin or if you're voting for Hamlin, like the 21 first place mm-hmm. Hamlin votes were, it doesn't matter how he's playing. It's just the fact that he played. So I, I was stunned by it. Um, you know, people said, I don't know if Hamlin's played enough to get it. Tamar Hamlin played five games. Guess how many games Joe Flacco played? Five. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was just as stunned as these guys and everybody else and uh, <laughs> will unfortunately eat the L on uh, yeah. many repeating comeback player of the year award bets. Early December, Joe Flacco was plus 25,000 on the DK Sports, but for <laughs> comeback player of the year, Flacco, freaking Flacco. Yeah, listen, man. I hate that guy for the rest of my life. Flack around and find (laughs) out, Jules. His five games played the fewest ever by a comeback player of the year award winner. Uh, Josh, what are you uh, warming up to this morning here, man? Help us work up a sweat. Yeah, so I'm going to switch gears here, Emerson. Let's go to college basketball today. Huge slate, over 150 games. And Julian knows this. This is my favorite system match. Unranked home favorite versus ranked opponent. So there are two matches today. Let's go to the big one here, taking a lot of sharp action. Illinois and Michigan State. Now, this is a matchup here uh, with Illinois, 17-5. and They're ranked 10th in the country. Meanwhile, Michigan State, 14-9. and unranked but once again the public often says hey you know if it looks fishy take the obvious side the obvious side here would be hey how do you not go illinois in the points illinois is getting plus three plus three and f in michigan state they're the ranked team better record so it's an obvious play to go illinois right no go the other way i really like michigan state here today guys they open as low as minus two and a half they've been bet up to minus three minus three and a half so not only did we open with michigan state listed as the favorite even though they're unranked but the line is moving further in favor of michigan state great uh, bet splits here towards spark in terms of the spread they're only getting 47 percent of bets but 74 percent of the money and then i'm gonna look toward the money line here again to protect yourself on what could be a tight game it's around minus 155 on the money line but they're getting 47 percent of money line bets uh 70 percent of money line dollars now ken palm does have michigan state winning the game but only by one point so what i try to do is compare what the betting market is projecting versus ken palm he's only got a one point i want to be with my system match this is why it's going to be a money line play i'm going to bank on the defensive sparty obviously the coaching of izzo but uh they're 21st and defensive efficiency versus 32nd for Illinois. Better three-point shooting team. They're 12 and two at home. And then here's the kicker, guys. That unranked home favors ranked opponent. There's a big win last night when Nevada beat San Diego State. One outright covered the number. Well, they're now 18 and.
and 11 straight up this year since the start of last year. They're 61 and 24 straight up 72%. So I'm going to go with uh, Sparty here, guys, on the money line, unranked home favorites, ranked opponent. It's an auto bet for me every time I see a system match. And Jules, I know we're going to dive a lot more into that game and other games on today's college basketball. So like coming up here in about 20 minutes or so. But uh, anything you'd like to add to that before you get to your warm up app? I joined Josh on Sparty. I okay. laid the two and a half on the opener. Another one I bet on the opener was Kentucky minus three and a half hosting the Zags. It touched six on DK Sportsbook since. We're down to five and a half. I'll give you a system here. Gonzaga stinks. That's the system. They're going across the country <laughs> wow. to play at Kentucky at Rupp. This team has not beat good teams all year. Now they think they're going to go into Rupp where Kentucky has lost consecutive games to Florida in overtime and then Tennessee on Saturday night. This is going to be a pissed off. That's the second time since John Calipari became Kentucky's head coach in 2010 that they've lost consecutive home games. This is going to be a pissed off Kentucky team on Saturday afternoon playing against a wildly overrated Gonzaga team that's just kind of getting by on brand name. Kentucky, more shooters, more athletic, more size, home crowd, angry. Gonzaga has not fared well on the road. They've been losing games in, in Washington. They lost at University of Washington. They lost a neutral game in, in Seattle uh, to UConn, who pounded them by double digits. I, three and a half, obviously great number, but I would bet it at five and a half now. I would look at alternates. I think this is a double digit win for Kentucky at, at Rupp with advantages all over the court. Okay. Well, again, jam-packed uh, college basketball slate on the menu in this show coming up uh, around 9.30ish or so. But uh, I'm warming up to something. I brought it up last week, and turns out betters are listening. Here because, yeah, really? listen to me, bud. I said last week, Travis Kelsey, first, oh, first touchdown score. No, Steve. Betters aren't warming uh, up to it. Just Taylor Swift I, I fans are betting the no, game. No, dude. You have <laughs> to win. You, you have to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 20% of bets the most, 21% of the money, the most, on Travis Kelsey to score the first touchdown, plus 700 odds. You know what? Okay. The dude is well-rested. He's got like 300 yards receiving. Well-rested. Everybody's, everybody's Yeah, exactly. But, Everybody has but an equal amount of rest. Yes, exactly, Steve. And you know who <laughs> needed more rest than others? Travis Kelsey. He shined. He is back in the playoffs. A touchdown in each of the postseason games. About 300 yards receiving here, Steve. Scored the first touchdown against Baltimore a couple weeks ago. Scored the first touchdown in the Super Bowl gets the Eagles scored a touchdown when they faced San Francisco back in Super Bowl 54. This guy is going to be looking up into the suites with his beautiful, powerful girlfriend and a red lipstick on her face and say, I'm here to impress you and to make people money who have bet first touchdown score, me, plus 700. We need to start taking up more time in the opening blocks. No, it's not a bad, it's not a bad, it's not a bad bet. It's not a bad bet. You guys cannot take a dump on me for that. <laughs> Emerson, though, are you tracking Taylor Swift's plane? I'm a little concerned. Japan to Vegas. Will she get here in time? Hopefully she can uh, provide that motivation, extra motivation for Kelsey. Uh, no. Everybody but knows it, you need extra motivation in the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you, Julian. You certainly do. Everyone's more rested. One. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, guys, hang out. Only thing Stan Fran has to fear is Ooh, dot, 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 sphere itself and Taylor's boyfriend. Steven Stormy will take us on a trip around Sin City to set the tone next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but 
Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. The entertainment capital of the world doing what it does best this week, entertaining the masses as San Francisco fans, Chiefs fans, flooding Sin City, hosting the country's biggest sporting event for the first time. Maybe it's business as usual. A question Steve and Stormy tackled this week. Welcome to Super Bowl on the Strip. We're taking a spin around Las Vegas, dealing out 21 facts you need to know. Let's get rolling. Starting at one, this is the first time Super Sunday is in Sin City. Damn snake eyes. While two isn't great in craps, it is the number of titles claimed by Vegas in 2023 by the Aces and Knights. Three of a kind as the Chiefs go for their third Lombardi trophy in the last five years. (laughs) Four as in inches of rain annually in Vegas. As the 49ers look to end their 29-year title drought. Five is for studs. Specifically the five first-team All-Pros on San Francisco. Six, Vegas consumes at least 60,000 pounds of shellfish daily. What? That's a lot of damn shrimp. Bingo! 
seven. Lucky for both these teams because they drafted Brock Purdy and Isaiah Pacheco in that round. It's love, brother. Speaking of Mr. Irrelevant, eight quarterbacks were taken before Brock. That's pretty crazy. Nah. Nine. The Niners. Or $9,000 being the average ticket price to get you into the game. 10 minutes. The average wedding ceremony at places like the Little White Chapel. Just ask Stone Cold, Ben and Jen, Michael Jordan, and more. 11, where 1100 is the address of this Vegas 7-Eleven. And also the number of years Andy Reid has coached KC. I wonder if he stopped here. There's an In-N-Out burger right across the street. 12, are you ready for it? Taylor Swift has 12 known exes. That makes Travis her lucky number. 13. What the heck is 13? 14, the number of playoff wins Patrick Mahomes has. He can pass Peyton with win number. 15, the number in thousands of miles of neon tubing that lines downtown Vegas. 16, hit or stay? 49ers legend Joe Montana decided to hit the road and join the Chiefs, racking up 16 postseason victories between the two franchises. 17, the deficit the 49ers had to rally from to beat the Lions to get here. 18 is the number of acres covered by one of the town's newest attractions. 19, the number of years a team has repeated as Super Bowl champs since the Patriots beat Andy Reid's Eagles. 20, but you can slip your concierge at the hotel. That trick can get you an upgrade, and nobody knows more about trick plays than the Chiefs. Having attempted the most in the league since 2018. Blackjack, finally, 21. The number of consecutive points the Chiefs scored to beat the 49ers in Super Bowl 54. I feel like I learned a lot. You should uh, hit the down. Let's do it. Feeling lucky. Steve in his home away from home there. Steve can count. That was yeah. pretty impressive. Well done, Steven. Well done. Just cranking away at the slot machines, job, dude. Buddy. Uh, so well, the, I don't know if you noticed too. When I got twenty one, that was a three thousand dollar bet. So I just want to make sure let everyone know that oh. I'm way ahead on the trip. <laughs> I'm right, sure great. that was real and not at all set up on camera. <laughs> donuts, no, donuts no, no, on no, you no, next no. time. Next no, time no, you were here. That's, yeah, that's a lot of donuts. <laughs> no, dude. <Yeah. laughs> hey, Bukes, Just based off that story, I mean, you and you and Stormy absolutely crushed it there. It, it, obviously, the vibe is always electric and and fun in in Vegas. But how different is it? This week, how different has it been this week compared to your previous trip, just with the Super Bowl being there? Yeah, and just real quick, too, Stormy is absolutely phenomenal. You can yeah. obviously see her here on Visa and DraftKings Network. She's she's a real pro. Um, that being said, like the atmosphere has really like drummed up over the past you know couple days. Like I was just talking to these you guys off the air, and we were going from Resorts World to Win, and it was about twenty five minutes, <laughs> and it's like a half mile away from each other. But it's funny, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Josh. I have seen so many Chiefs fans and very little San Francisco fans in the area. I'm right there with you. And again, I think I don't know if it's like just coincidental because we're at Resorts World, but everything I see is like a Chiefs poster. Yeah. A lot of people walk around. The Chiefs really travel well. I mean, the they Chiefs do. are the new Patriots. Patriots used to show up at every Super Bowl. Chiefs are even more so. And also maybe it's a sign because I'm going to take the points with the Chiefs, Steve. But I feel like every billboard around us is a huge billboard of Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. It's, it's Adidas thing. You got this. Yep. So I don't really see any 49er stuff anywhere. I mean, I ran into a few 49ers fans who are pretty confident in the game at, uh, at Resorts World at the casino, but it's seems like it's all Chiefs guys and, and I think you would probably agree right Steve yeah without a doubt it's it's very I, I would say it's like five to one Chiefs Whoa. fans to 49ers Whoa. fans so far yeah I mean, it's, maybe, it's been I'm kinda, a massive maybe difference. because they're closer right they can they can they can wait a little longer but I I'm feel like they'd want to be here more I'm pretty surprised by that now earlier in the week I heard from people like Monday Tuesday it was a lot more Niners fans and that it would be like 75 percent Niners 25 percent Kansas City 
Uh, and you know, I, that's probably more realistically like 60-40, but with the proximity, San Francisco, and you know, the Niners, both teams have been there recently, but the Niners not having been there in a little bit longer, the Chiefs kind of going every year, I would think there would be more Niners fans. But it, it could also be a game day weekend thing. Like yesterday, today, right. people coming in from San Francisco, whereas if you're coming from Kansas City, maybe you try and make a little bit more of a week of it. Hey, Bukes, have you talked to many of these fans walking around, or maybe you, Josh? Because from what I've read, especially from some of the reporters we've had like on this show, Chiefs fans and their confidence is at an all-time high. I mean, we're talking a couple games back-to-back now. They've been underdogs, and we know the record of Mahomes and the Chiefs when they are underdogs here. Are they a confident bunch walking around Vegas? I think absolutely, Emerson. I think they're kind of relishing this role because, again, I think when you talk to people at Radio Row, we've been around Vegas all week. A lot of people just can't understand why the Chiefs are an underdog here. And you try to continue to explain that, hey, it's not based upon perception. It's the power rating. The power ratings from the sports books, uh, when they crunch the numbers, they say, hey, 49ers on a neutral site, Steve, they are the better team. But I think Kansas City, you know, so many times Emerson and Steve and Julian, like they've been the favorite. They've been uh, the team that's expected to win. The pressure's on them. I think there's like a freeing feeling from a lot of the fan base that says, hey, you don't believe in us. That's fine. You know, we believe in our team. We're going to relish that role as an underdog. So I think kind of the, the fans, are kind of building off that underdog energy and it's kind of a nothing to lose. We're going to prove you wrong type situation. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, too, I, I was doing a bunch of shows um, on Radio Row during the week. I did a couple of Kansas City-specific shows, and they just have that confidence yeah. that like they feel like they are the team to beat, not the 49ers coming into this game, which is really impressive, too, because like we've talked about it multiple times, how it feels like the Chiefs don't have the offensive firepower to match up with the 49ers, but don't tell that to anybody who's been out here or anybody who covers that team. Like They feel like they are built to beat this 49ers team. Now, let's see how that pans out, because, you know, we talk about how the matchup wise, like Travis Kelsey's in a pretty tough spot against these 49ers linebackers. You know, what if they are able to kind of shut down Rasheed Rice here? Then it's kind of your MVS's, your Justin Watson's. Is that going to really get it done? But just, you know, despite all that, I feel like they are very, very confident coming into this game. What about celebrity sightings? That's what I really <laughs> want to know. Now we're in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, this is good. I saw um, Gojo, I saw Mike Golick Jr., Steve, tweet out that, you know, he bumped into Cam Newton, and he immediately was like, oh, I get, I get why Cam Newton <laughs> thinks that he is still better than Brock Purdy. I mean, Cam Newton's been spitting off all this Brock Purdy slander now, it feels like, uh, for weeks, and I'm sure he's getting clicks because of it. But uh, Bukes, anyone who's really stood out to you, because I've heard he's an, a large human being, but anybody else? He is actually massive. Like, he yeah. was easy to point out um, at Radio Row. I was saying this, you know who my favorite person was that I've seen out here so far is John Taffer. I absolutely I, love John ah, Taffer. Uh. I love Bar Rescue. I saw him. We were filming that segment uh, with Stormy, and I was like, can we stop for, like, one second? I need to go <laughs> over. But I, I miss him. But, like, I will say, like, I just even, like, being in our hotel, like, there has just been so many people. Like, there's literally everybody out here. Like, I've been, you know, like, texting my wife and everything. Like, oh, I just saw so-and-so oh, or, or, yep. or this person. Like, huh. it is absolutely flooded with people that are here. Like, and, and at the Vegas airport, is it Harry Reid now? The Harry Reid airport so, yeah. here? 
they have said that they have no more room for like private jets. It's completely full. Like they <laughs> cannot accept any more for parking or anything like it. It's just absolutely jam packed. Josh, I know when you walk into our DraftKings studio every weekend, you're pretty starstruck when you see Steve and I <laughs> and Julian. I am. I had to sign him an autograph for our first show. <laughs> what, what has had you starstruck this weekend? Whether you've talked to this celebrity directly or not, or you see someone off in the distance, you get so nervous and you start sweating because I know you're sweating. Yeah, I have a lot of sweat. Yeah, there's so many big names here, Emerson. I mean, Dan Marino was kind of cool for me oh, to see. Yeah. Um, obviously. Wow, the uh, actor from Ace Ventura. Hey. From a Boston perspective, I love meeting Mike Felger. Uh, I'm a big fan of Felger. I know it's oh. just kind of a New England-centric uh, type thing. I would also recommend, if you have like 20 free minutes, go watch the Felger versus Lombardi. I was just going to. Because it was like the coolest thing you're ever going to see uh, as good at talk radio as you'll ever see but also throw <laughs> this at you guys billy walters was, was at radio row so in the gambling community i mean yeah. he is yeah. the michael jordan of sports betting and i'll just throw this at you i'm hearing different things about billy walters he's come out and said that he's on the chiefs uh and he's put a small wager of a million dollars on the chiefs he thinks the wrong team is favored but i've had people tell me that he's on the other side he's on the 49ers and he's saying that to move the number to get a better number oh. on the niners so i don't really know i mean people i respect say he's on niners he put out an article uh you know multiple sources saying he's on the chiefs is he doing a head fake which he's known for playing mm. up one side at a low limit going the other I way know. at a higher limit who knows? But that that's just kind of an interesting thing that I noticed. If we, I was going to ask you if you guys had seen Billy Walters. I, this is something I wouldn't mind if we have a second to talk about later in the show. Yeah, because it's like, we can. you know, he's later in life. He's trying to sell some books. If he's right about the Chiefs, maybe it's good for him. But then, of course, what Josh said, he's, he's always on the other side, the head fit. All right, well, let's see which side you are on when it comes to college. I'm not going to lie. On basketball, Bill Self and the Jayhawks host in Baylor, one of the many highlights here. Plus, which game has Julian placing his biggest bet of the season? Wow. So there are more college basketball games on Saturday this week than usual because of the Super Bowl being played in Vegas tomorrow. Another big opportunity for teams on the bubble with some teams running out of chances, even with more than a month left here in the season as we look at the top 10 schedule so number 13 baylor and number four kansas that really takes center stage here jules however as you and josh are about to tell us there's tremendous betting value elsewhere around the sport today and let's start with illinois and michigan state i know josh hit on this a little earlier with his warm-up bet but illinois has won four consecutive matchups against the spartans here jules and Illinois have been a good team ATS this season, so what do you want here? Yeah, I'll add to what Josh said, and we'll, we'll see if he has anything to add on top of that. But I Illinois has thrived as, as a yeah. road dog. Um, they're 5-1 and one against the spread on the road overall this season. But they do have a lot of moving pieces lately, and they're coming off a tight overtime win at home against Nebraska, which uh, they were huge favorites in, in that one. But we're getting to the time of year where, uh, you know, Izzo starts turning these teams around. Michigan yeah. State's been awful on the road. They have some bad losses this year. But Sparty has been a different team at home. If you take them away from home, you combine their, their road games and their neutral games. They're 2-7 and seven straight up. 2-6-1 and one against the spread. You get them in their own building. Michigan State is 12-2 and two straight up. 10 and four against the spread. So the number in this one's growing for, for a reason. Michigan State was a sharp preseason bet to win it all, ranked one, two, three, somewhere in a lot of people's rankings. 
if they can get it together, bottle this veteran talent that they have, they can they can make a run. So it starts with games like this at home against a top 10 team. I do like Sparty a lot this afternoon. Josh, I know these two teams are similar defensively here, but one trend that stuck out to me is the overs hitting back-to-back games for the Illini and eight and two in their last 10 outings. Yeah, so the over to me, uh, it's kind of stayed 146, hasn't moved too much off that. So I do tend to lean unders kind of in these primetime games, especially with the public leaning over, yet it hasn't really moved. But really, I'm going to stick with the side here, guys. Again, mentioned at the outset, but look for games that don't make any sense. I think that's just kind of one of those basic, easy things that you can kind of get an edge on. And remember, if the obvious thing always won, we'd all be millionaires. This way the sports books win so much, aside from making us pay the juice, is that you kind of have to embrace the side that doesn't make sense sometimes because that's the reason why, uh, again, you can bet against the public and be on the sharp side that's always my goal but again sparty open minus two and a half they're up to minus three some books are even up to three and a half and again they're the unranked team versus a ranked team ranked team with the illini only half the tickets but 74 percent of the money and, and again this time of year i think julian made a good point you know sparty's 14 and 9 they're kind of bubble ish right now i mean you really got to turn it on win these games get quad wins you know get your resume uh, to make sure that you can make march madness here so Izzo's time i know he's a march guy but it's you know we're getting into mid-february here uh, and i think it's a good angle here to take Sparty at home. I'm going money line though, again, around minus 155, minus 160, just on the off chance they only win by one or two. Other games on the slate include Gonzaga and Kentucky. Jules has been pushing this game all week. I believe you had it on your podcast on Reasonable Odds earlier in the week. You have placed your biggest bet of the college basketball season on this contest. Why? Biggest bet of the season. I've been waiting for this one all week. I set it on Unreasonable Odds on Tuesday. Ken Palm had this three. I said, if this opens three, five units, biggest bet of the college basketball season, lay it with Kentucky. We opened it three and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. Fine, good enough, don't care about the hook because I'm confident that this is gonna turn into a blowout. Kentucky's going through it a little bit. They've lost three of five. They've lost consecutive home games for the second time ever under Calipari since he took over in 2010. Tennessee and overtime to Florida. Both Kentucky and Gonzaga bounce back from from losses during the week against like kind of punching bag type of teams. Um, Vandy for for, uh, Kentucky, they went on the road, smoked them, and Gonzaga shot lights out against Portland. But only one of these teams is actually good, and that's Kentucky. And now you're sending, uh, you know, I don't think Kentucky's going to lose three home games in a row, especially against inferior competition like Gonzaga. Gonzaga's just a combined six and four in road and neutral games combined. Their best win is over UCLA or Syracuse. You, you take your pick on a neutral there. Both those games were in Hawaii in November. Uh, they've played just two teams that I would say are actually good or better than Kentucky this year. They lost to Purdue by double digits in Hawaii as well as part of the uh, tournament out there in November. And then they played UConn in a quote-unquote neutral game. That was in Seattle. They got pounded by UConn. Kentucky's not as good as those two teams, but this isn't neutral or in Seattle. You're going to Rupp where Kentucky is desperate for a win. They're going to be ready for this one. Uh, I I think Kentucky runs away with it. This has gone out from three and a half to six, six and a half some places. I think we're sitting five and a half right now, DK Sportsbook. Maybe you don't go five units on five and a half. Maybe you scale it down two and a half. Uh, But I love this spot for Kentucky. Last month, Josh, Arizona beats Colorado for a fourth straight conference victory. Since then, the Sun Devils have lost six of their past seven. It's turning into this full-on tailspin for Bobby Hurley's squad here. Why is this game on your betting card? 
Yeah, another system match here, Emerson, that unranked home favor, strength opponent. Give me Colorado here. Really like the Buffaloes in this spot. And hopefully Julian and I can get some revenge for uh, when Utah couldn't cover the five and a half against Arizona the other night when you go to triple overtime. So either way, guys, again, look for this fishy system match. You have Arizona 18 and five. They're ranked eighth in the country. Colorado 16 and seven. Pretty good record, but they're unranked. But yet who is favored in this game? It's Colorado. Of course, we're going to have to apply, you know, some home court advantage here. Bake that into the number. Pretty much Colorado it was around a pick em game minus one you know now they're up to one and a half the line's going toward Colorado even though the public is really uh saying that this you know the spread is wrong quote unquote wrong team is favored public's uh going here with Arizona in the points yet 81 percent of the money on the spread is going with Colorado uh, and also you look at you know home road Colorado 13 and 0 at home Arizona I'm wondering if that triple overtime game against Utah they had to expend a lot of energy it's kind of a tough bounce back you got to play again just a couple nights later maybe they have some fatigue there coming from that triple overtime game and again I'll throw it at you again we had uh, uh, Nevada cover this and win this uh, spot. Unranked home fave ranked opponent. We talked about Michigan State. Uh, they're 18 and 11 straight up the unranked home fave versus ranked opponent, as well as 72% straight up the last couple of years. So it's kind of a short money line price. You know, you're only looking at around minus 130 around there. Uh, I love Colorado here to get it done. I'm, I'll take the fishy Buffaloes here. Yeah, mixing up my Arizona, Arizona State here. And, yeah, uh, correct. And the head coaches. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. Tommy Love. Uh, uh, take me to right now Auburn and Florida, Jules. This is a game that you wanted higher up in the rundown here because you wanted to hit on it. Yeah, one of my bigger plays of the season. I, ha I had Auburn circled for Wednesday night, hosting Alabama, revenge spot. They blew them out of the water. Biggest, biggest game probably of the season for Auburn. Now you got to go on the road to the swamp and, and reset. Auburn's a, a, a really good team. I, I don't love fading them, but this is the perfect spot to look to the Gators as, as home dogs. Tigers are three and three straight up and against the spread in true road games so far this season. Like I said, Auburn's off their signature win of the year. Um, and meanwhile, you got the Gators who just beat Kentucky in overtime on the road, shows you kind of what they're capable of, their talent. But then they lost a close one in a letdown spot at AM. Now you're returning home from that road trip looking for a win. Uh, Gators are 9-1 and one at home this season, and they're being priced as dogs for the first time. You check out the betting splits, uh, very sharp to, to Florida as home dogs with much larger wagers there. So uh, Auburn, team I really like futures-wise. I think they probably win the SEC regular season, but they're probably not coming out of the swamp with a win today. And Josh, Clemson and Qs, I'm sure you have a system that matches up two ACC teams with orange logos. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely the system, Emerson. We're, all right, these system jokes are getting out of hand, guys. Systems are, you got to have a good theory behind it. So again, you got to have the data, but again, all jokes aside, I like Syracuse here. I think Syracuse is in a good, a good spot to take the points at home against Clemson. Clemson's 15 and seven, Cuse is 15 and eight. However, if you kind of look at this from an inflated line value play, all the value to me is on Syracuse. We opened Clemson at one point. They were as low as minus two and a half, minus three. Now the line's up to four, even four and a half at some books. But I think if you're playing Syracuse, you want to grab this right now because it looks like it may be coming back down to around four, three and a half. Uh, but you have a pretty good edge here in terms of the bet splits. Only 35% of bets are on Cuse, but 58% of the money. Uh, so again, public's on Clemson, yet the bigger, sharper wagers appear to be on Cuse taking the points. Also a really good Ken Palm edge. Ken Palm only has Cuse losing by two. So if we're getting Syracuse at four and a contrarian play with a, quite a bit more money than bets, to me, that's a value play. Not a, not really a sharp play because to me, to sharp, you got to have some indication of the line moving in your favor. So there's more of a value play based on the number and the percentages. Uh, Syracuse is 11 and one at home. And then Clemson had that epic win over UNC. You know, is it kind of a letdown spot after that big win on the road against uh, the Tar Heels here? So I'll take Syracuse. 
I'd love to shop around and get a four and a half. If not, I'll take plus four with Syracuse. And Jules, we talked about how tough the Mountain West has been, and I think you're starting to see Utah State regress a little bit, but then you have Boise State today. He's really hanging tough uh, in the Mountain West at six and three right now. Yeah, Utah State was 10-0 and at home. This week, I, I they were getting crushed by Nevada at halftime. I came back and said, let's bet some Utah State second half. They're a great home team. They fell apart in that second half, completely collapsed. Uh, so I, I do think they bounce back at home off of, off of that loss. Boise State's pretty good. They're 3-3 three and three against the spread on the road. I, I don't have much bad to say about them. This is going to be a tough game, but I did lay it with Utah State just because of how good they are at home. I think they have the talent edge, and they really need this one. Okay, uh, anything very quickly here from Creighton Xavier. Yeah, I think there's value here on Xavier here, Emerson. You know, we had at one point Xavier, I think, was minus one. It's now flipped a little bit to Creighton here at, at uh, minus one and a half. But I'll take the one and a half now, wait it out. Again, it's a 1230 game earlier out here, obviously. But if you can get a one and a half on Xavier, they're in a really good contrarian spot. Ken Palm has them winning the game just outright. So I'll see if I can get that one and a half and go Xavier. All right, good stuff, Josh. Hang out. What? Did you want to I was just going to say Kansas wins, but that spread's getting out of hand today. Biggest game of the day. They're the best money line parlay piece of the day, in my opinion. Excellent. Thank you, Muffin Man. Got to say this something about that. This game. show takes flight coming up. Literally, Steve has earned his wings. Steve is on the sphere. Zipping around Las Vegas, delivering some Super Bowl trends you need to know before the big game kicks off. That must have cost millions. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends 
safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. All right, there's always plenty of things to do in Vegas, and this week everything is magnified with the Super Bowl in town. I'm told it's a great place to make a bet as well. And this week, Steve Buchanan found a high-flying way to bring to light some trends that can hopefully help you at home build a beefy, big, money-making betting card. We're here at Slotzilla at the historic Fremont Street Experience. Legalized gambling came here in 1931 in Las Vegas. So not only can you gamble here, you can ride this historic zip line, which goes 1,700 feet long, up to 35 miles an hour. I'm gonna go on here and read some stats that you need to know for this upcoming Super Bowl. Over the last 10 Super Bowls, the underdog has covered in six of those games. The last time a favorite has covered was in 2020 when the Chiefs beat the 49ers. What the hell, man? <laughs> oh my God. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I gotta do this two more times. The over has hit in 11 games. The under has hit 13 times. And the Chiefs, last three appearances, there are two and one to the under, including the game they played against the San Francisco 49ers in 2020. Hey, hey. So far in these playoffs, the Chiefs are 3-0 against the spread, but only 1-2 to the over. As for San Francisco, they are 0-2 against the spread, and 1-1 to the over. Woo, we are flying, baby! <laughs> Bukes, I, I know you love slot machines. Like, seriously, out of all of my good <laughs> friends, there was the one time a few weeks ago I called you 30 minutes after the show and you're sitting at a slot machine. So yeah. no wonder you hopped on Slotzilla, by the way. That launch pad constructed in the form of a slot machine representing the largest slot machine in the world. Are the people like hanging out there just like, why does this guy love this ride so much? They're like, there he is again. There he is again, <laughs> zipping down. Well, the best part was because um, we did that obviously multiple times, uh, three times as I was doing that, somebody uh, would yell an expletive word at me uh, for no <laughs> apparent reason. So that those did not make the cut, but that is what happened. But I will say real quickly, what was hilarious to get me on that ride. We did it you know, consecutively. Yeah. After I got off, they gave me a police escort around Fremont Street uh, to bring me right back around. So they had literally had nice. police officers taking me around Fremont to get me back on the zip line. Look at you. Right there, yeah. Look at you, big man. Wow, the police escort? That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. People I, say I don't do work around here. Steve's just going on, you know, tourist rides around Vegas. <laughs> just <laughs> zipping around, zipping around town. So, Bukes, how can we hit the jackpot here with these trends, dude? 
Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I'm not the biggest trends guy as I kind of go on Joshua, yeah. but I did find it um, pretty surprising that over the last 10 that the underdog has been covering uh, in these Super Bowls here, especially in the last 10, like we mentioned in that uh, in one of those trends that the underdog has been the play in this one. So, that, you know, obviously in this scenario, that goes with the, what the public has been on. And that's been, you know, the Chiefs, they've been getting that money. Obviously, there has been some late money coming in. Well, not late, but, you know, we still a day away, but. Money has been coming in on San Francisco uh, over the past 12 hours or so. So we'll kind of keep a watch on where that is. But, you know, 49ers are sitting as two point favorites uh, thus far as we are talking here Saturday morning. But I was just pretty surprised, Josh, that that was uh, one of the more recent trends for these Super Bowls. Yeah. And this is something that I'm really banking on, Steve, because I fully admit I am terrified of the fact that I am going with the Chiefs and they're getting 65 percent of bets. I hate that as a contrarian better. You know, it goes against a lot of the things I believe in. But I think as a better in general, you got to come to a conclusion that you're most comfortable with so to me even though i i hate the fact that the chiefs are the public play it's these trends versus betting systems i know it's kind of like tomato tomato the way you can kind of explain one versus the other but if you look at that dog situation this is what i'm banking on it's not only mahomes is a dog 10 and 1 against the spread in his career but it's also uh dogs in general when it comes to the super bowl you mentioned it, steve six and four the last 10 ats 13 it would go even further 13 and 7 ats the last 20 years and look at the board here casey getting one and a half they beat the eagles the uh the bengals lost but they covered the four and a half yep. the COVID year with brady getting three uh he covers that number as well and wins outright so i think in this game especially when you have such a tight number uh to me getting the points and the data proves it out that's kind of the way to go but also not just a betting dog but the mentality of a dog here again i've made this you know point a few times here in vegas but you know the chiefs don't know they're a trendy dog they don't know that the line has, has moved back in favor of kc all they know is they're being disrespected and they play and relish the role of being disrespected so you have the data then you have the human element and again to me that makes me feel a little bit better about going chiefs despite the fact that i really don't like the fact that i'm on a public side yeah jules uh, six favorites have covered the spread in the last 20 super bowls including as steve mentioned chiefs in super bowl 54 against san francisco which of these trends tickle your fancy I mean, underdogs in Super Bowls have been doing pretty well. I like to tie it into this. This is probably, and I, I don't know if it means anything or not, but this is the trend that stuck out to me the most coming into Super Bowl week. So the last 19 times that we have had a Super Bowl where the seeds are not the same. So for example, we don't have two one seeds playing each other, two two seeds. There's a clear higher seed. In this case, San Francisco is the one seed in the NFC. The Chiefs are the three seed in the AFC. The last 19 times this has happened, the lower seed is 15, two and two against the yeah. spread. So these higher seeds perception of being the better team, they have been doing awful. They've covered the game twice in the last 19 times with a couple pushes in there. So I find that interesting yet this time around it, it is the underdog lower seed that is, is taking all the public money. So does it apply? I, I don't know. Um, but I found that interesting. These, these lower seeds, you know, they didn't perform as well over the course of the season, but they're performing right now have been coming through for betters. And just like big picture overall, too, there's only been, let's see, seven teams to have won the Super Bowl and failed to cover the spread. So Correct. so typically, yes, you pick the winner of the Super Bowl. Seven, seven and some push. Yeah, so I have team who wins the game 48-7-2 against the spread in Super yeah. Bowl history here. What else stands out to you? I know you were mentioning before the show there were like a few other trends that stuck out to you. Yeah, and I'll say really quick, like if you like the Chiefs in this game, I don't want to be one of those seven yes. where I take the underdog on the money line and don't cover it. So I did take the couple points with, uh, with okay. Kansas City. 
Uh, one other thing, and uh, maybe we'll talk about some of these more later in the show, but minus 160 on DraftKings Sportsbook is the price for both teams to score at least two touchdowns. And I know we were going through a lot of that data, and it was coming through, I think, 16 and 6. That's cashed over the last 22 Super Bowls, which puts an implied price of like 260, 270 range on it. So you're getting almost a dollar in value there if you're going off the last 22 Super Bowls. Doesn't mean it'll come through in this one. I actually lean to the under in the game, which works against this. But still, mm-hmm. two, two, two touchdowns for each team, uh, not too difficult to get, minus 160. I think that's a little mispriced, even if you are on the under in this game. And uh, oh, just to kind of ju- go ahead, just to kind of jump off that too as well. Um, what's been the strength really recently for the Chiefs has been their run game. What has yep. been one of the biggest like no, um, uh, liabilities for the 49ers lately? Their run defense, like we talked about on the Aaron show Jones last week. Them, remember, yeah, yeah, Aaron Jones towards them. The yeah, line uh, they were uh, they were getting torched on the ground in, in both of those games there, and five rushing touchdowns allowed in just two playoff games right now uh, against the 49ers on the ground. Like that is very eye opening, especially when you consider how much they've been running Pacheco. He's been averaging 21 carries per game in these playoffs here. Like he's been a major force for that too. And the Chiefs have been running the ball early. And then you look on the other side, they have Christian McCaffrey who has some of the most ridiculous anytime touchdown odds that you'll see um, for anybody in the NFL right now. So for, to, to you know, to Julian's point, you know, while it, it sounds at minus 160, well, that's something I want to take though. It probably is mispriced at this point. And you know, I think just in terms of the total, I just want to throw this at you guys, because Steve, you mentioned that uh, kind of the trend here toward the under. I do lean under here. You know, we've sat at 47 and a half pretty much all week. But I, I would mention one thing, talking to Johnny Velo, interviewing him for DraftKings earlier mm-hmm. this week. He thinks this might go to 48. And yeah. you are seeing across the market some books that are 40. Pay attention to the juice, 47 and a half over minus 115, minus 120. And you got to remember, you know, we've been here all week, guys. But, you know, a lot of people are coming in today, yesterday, today. Yep. Public bettors, they're going to be betting the over. They're going to be hammering all the, you know, uh, the Chiefs prop bets, the, the Taylor Swift, you know, theme mm-hmm. props, Kelsey, all that kind of stuff. But they're going to root for points. So if you do like the under, you know, you probably want to wait this thing out. Wait for a 48. Okay. I would be surprised if it got to 48 and a half. That would be uh, kind of a huge move. But in general, you look at the trend toward the under in the Super Bowl. You also have the Chiefs 14 and six to the under on the year. And it is a contrarian play because 65% of bets are going over. So just keep in mind between today and tomorrow, there probably is going to be a lot of movement. Yeah. If you like the under, wait on it because you could get, uh, get a better number. Yeah, even though the over is seven and four in the last 11 Super Bowls with a spread of, of three or less, you are right, Josh. More recent trend has said under as in three of the last four here. Jules, anything to add to Nobody that? wants to bet in under on the Super Bowl. I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not sexy. It's not, it's not fun. I mean, remember say, one of the highest totals ever was that Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, and that was what, like 13-3 or something? Yep. <laughs> I'll save my thoughts for the player prop section because I have some Pacheco thoughts off of what we we were building. Love on. that. Love that. Gentlemen, that's how you do what you just did for Ooh. hour one. We're kicking off hour two of the sweat by tackling more Super Bowl game bets. Will history repeat itself four years after the Chiefs and Niners first collided on the NFL's biggest stage? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.